0: Chasing 69 a New York Jets podcast. It is Wednesday June 8th alongside Theodore Pristash from Syracuse New York. I am Blake Pace. What Teddy up? before we get started make sure everybody listening to go follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Please like review subscribe to the podcast. Teddy's at Teddy Huncho is personal Twitter. I'm at Blake Andrew Pace. Uh, we're also on YouTube as well too getting some videos out there. Um, not that they get a ton of views but Maybe yeah, they'll go at some just point. turn it
1: on for a sec if you're exactly. listening. Exactly. Just
0: play it on an endless loop and then right. maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get some ads. Maybe YouTube going,
1: will go us a bag or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll get the plaque, the the million subscribers eventually. That's what we're we're aiming for here. Um, Teddy, how you doing? I feel like uh I don't know, like like last week, like for the next month. Nothing crazy yeah, is gonna in, happen
1: with the Jets. In in terms of the Jets, I mean I'm doing just fine, you know, just, just other than old. just Counting down the days, but the household's been a little bit, little bit of mm-hmm. a mess today. Let's hear. Um, it. Well, so I mean, as you know, we talked about this earlier that today, but my wonderful lady friend uh, Hannah has, she's obsessed with Justin Bieber and had tickets to go to the concert on Friday, and found out today that Justin Bieber is canceling that concert or postponing it. Which is just like the end of the world, basically. So that stinks for yep. her. And then follow that up with I picked up my dog today, River, and I was like doing something and he jumped out of my arms and landed on the ground. And I don't know if he like sprained his leg or like oh, something. No. But he's like limping around and stuff. Oh. And so I feel bad for him too. Feel bad right. for the girlfriend. And I uh, you know. So it is you're what doing it all is, right, but we're, right.
0: I'm doing fine. You but know. you're not doing fine if everybody else. Knows. Yeah. So not yeah. You know, it is what it is.
1: But we uh we're getting through. It's just I just thought that was it's been a crazy day today, you know, but now it's I'm here and I'm ready to talk Jets for a bit.
0: The uh, the Bieber story is funny because when you texted when I texted you about it, you reminded me that two years ago when he canceled her concert that she was going to for COVID, COVID, I was the one, yeah, it was, it was COVID, it was that summer, and I was the one that broke the news to her about it, and she was devastated, so, uh, after waiting an extra two years to go see him, and then it also being canceled for reasons that aren't COVID related, not funny, but
1: no, yeah, it's just like the whole situation is just like funny just because it's so random, but it's just it is crazy. Like she called which me, is- I literally thought she was playing a prank on me, which is just like funny, you know, but it is what it is. I'll tell her to and look watching
0: something. Yeah, and look, I'm 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 a big fan of certain artists, but I mean she's a she is a legit Justin Bieber fan. So oh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's it goes back. What almost like a decade now probably right like that's she's she's been in long long.
1: before i was in the picture
0: yep (laughs) (laughs) all right well well sorry to hear everything at the house okay uh, i
1: appreciate that
0: i can go into some of the stuff i'm i'm dealing with in my house
1: (laughs) that's up Um, to you sir
0: yeah no i don't think i'm i don't think that's as as funny or uh entertaining but um anyways let's like has mice too yeah i got i got mice (laughs) now i got a rat a fucking rat um teddy today's podcast (laughs) all right aren't you aren't you glad that like you know this is a a podcast that if anybody's listening to it it's jets fans they're jets fans we we know that there are certain people that will never listen to this
1: that is true i'm glad that you know that
0: here's it (laughs) makes me makes me feel a little bit more free to say things yes Um, yes sir yes sir Teddy, we are back here. It is uh, the early parts of June. We're officially one week away from your birthday. Happy oh, yeah. early birthday. Oh, next episode will probably drop on your birthday, right? Is that, that how is weeks true. work? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Seven then uh, a couple of days after, I will be back in good old upstate New York. And we'll get to spend Yeah, we're going to be together. getting
1: together. Yeah, that's going to be fun.
0: Haven't having seen you in a bit, so that'll be fun. But as, um, as for the podcast, we are in uh, part two of our Reading the Room series. Uh, which I thought went pretty well last week, talking about quarterbacks and safeties. Um, you know, uh, we're just going to keep rolling through. And today we're going to be taking a look on the offensive side of the uh, the ball. We're going to be looking at running backs, and then um, we'll finish out the secondary on defense, talking corners. Before we get into all that, just a few housekeeping things because nothing crazy is happening, but things are happening. Um, people really overreacted to zach wilson maybe being a little inaccurate at the start of some you know practices last week it it's nothing
1: yeah i mean what it was like he threw like eight passes and completed like two or something yeah. like that or exactly. whatever it was, it, was it was somewhere
0: between eight or in 11 their first, passes
1: in their first seven on seven drill i, I exactly. believe i really could care less
0: oh that's the thing and, and it goes back to care less. It goes back to we were there was another thing that had come out about zach where it was like oh we're a little worried it's like the people who care the most are the people that don't want to root for zach wilson right. and the realist people will see that and just go okay so they haven't been practicing together for a bit they get back together and he has what one off day uh, like that's it's the start of a new season it's not yeah like, and <laughs> it's it's, not it's the guys Bowl.
1: running around in shorts you know what i mean yeah. like i i I remember a lot of the days in the summer, you know, when I played football playing in high school and college, both, you know, just seeing like, oh, this guy's, they're playing great. They're going to be a stud, you know, and then come right. come football season, everything's completely different. So it's just, it's June. That's what we got to keep telling ourselves.
0: Exactly. It's typical slow news day type stuff. Um, and yeah, you hear Tra- he's, Traylon
1: Burks has asthma?
0: I did see that. I also heard that Jimmy Garoppolo could potentially start for the 49ers this year um so well, that's not gonna happen it's just it's all everybody just needs something to talk about so carolyn berg's having ourselves included yeah ourselves included so well, i know but like does that to mean,
1: i'm sure there's other players who have well, as
0: they well the problem was is that when he reported to camp first like they were pretty worried about his conditioning like they were like you're pretty out of shape and then it turns out that he just has difficulty breathing and asthma and Gotta if get you're him in Tennessee, I gotta I gotta say, in you're in Tennessee, it's it's can be a little bit of a tough place sometimes. I, I never had any bad allergy problems in New York, and they are terrible down here. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that does matter a little bit. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Do you have any like affinity toward the Titans with living in Tennessee or does the whole same division as the Colts thing
0: not at all? Put
1: that away. Yeah, yeah,
0: not at all. I kind of hate them. And it was funny because I got a phone call today um from the Titans ticket office. And, really? and he was, yeah. Cause I had to um, your
1: business or
0: yeah. To the business. Okay, and they were trying yeah, to yeah. sell me on like a, a package of tickets. I was like, Oh, I'm a Colts fan. And he goes, Hey, we still sell the Colts fans. I was like, yeah, I'll see them every year. So that's fine. I don't know. Might buy a package of four or five games this year. We'll see.
1: That'd be cool.
0: Some fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no affinity to the Titans. I honestly, they're probably my least favorite team at the moment just because they've been so competitive finally over the last five years makes sense Um, but yeah you know you're only real competition in the division right exactly um so yeah so i where were we
1: i believe we were just talking about zach wilson well yeah we we finished that yeah we got over that
0: it doesn't matter it's a slow news cycle and people that aren't going to want to see Zach Wilson do well are going to point out every time something like this comes out and the realist and the people that are hopeful that he's going to develop as a quarterback are going to just not worry about it. Um, And that's kind of where we're both at. Um, Other jets, somewhat jets news jets legend. more exciting jets news. These next two, Yeah, Yeah, these next two jets legend, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, calls it a career. Retired in a in such an interesting way too. Um, he actually him and his son spent, I think they said 12 or 16 hours making that graphic that had every individual that he's ever played or uh played alongside. Oh, Yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah. It was like like the 586 word bubble, right?
0: names. Yeah. He like he just spent an entire day doing that. Texted it to his friends, and that was his retirement. Does a nice long podcast with Shefty, uh, which by the way, big big note out of that, he said that uh Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback of all time. So that's his opinion Interesting. um but teddy jets legend um, or of of a whole two seasons uh, i got the stats right here for you unless you want to take things away
1: no no i'd love for you to feed them to me but i i do have some things to say
0: okay yeah so 13 and 14 as a as a jets starter completed 58.3% wow. oh. of his passes 6600 yards 43 touchdowns 32 interceptions and uh let me see. How many times was he sacked? That'll be a fun one. Oh, 38. <laughs> that's not that.
1: Uh, it's not good. But in what? 17 starts.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's not that great.
1: It seems like a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but I don't know. But yeah, I mean, go ahead. I'm kind of scared. And I I've wanted to like drop Ryan Fitzpatrick takes before, like on the Twitter or things like that oh, but
0: of his tenure with the Jets.
1: Just, just yeah. I mean, just Jets oh. fans like hate him or at least a lot do loud oh, really? ones, it seems to me. And oh. it, it, it comes down to, I believe he said at one point, he just like talked bad about like his time in New York and, oh, okay. and didn't really like love it or whatever. Um, which to be honest with you, I didn't even like watch the interview or like dive into that story at all. But I just know that like a, a lot of Jets fans kind of have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to Fitzpatrick. Interesting. Um, but me personally, like, the the thing about Fitzpatrick is number one, that 2015 year, the way it ended is part of the reason for the bad taste, you know, because we had a chance to to make the playoffs. All we had to do was beat the Bills. We were better than that year. Um, and then come crunch time, the fourth quarter of that game, and Ryan Fitzpatrick throws three interceptions. Mm. I think he had four on the day. Like that was that was tough, you know, and that was that was not a good way for that year to end. Right. But when you think about it on more of a grand scale, if you go back to post-2010 when the second year that we made the playoffs with Sanchez and, and the beginning of kind of this terrible stretch, you know, longest uh, playoff drought out of any team in the league dating back to 2011, and it's like that 2015 year with Fitzy was was the one year that like kind of stuck out that as like, oh, wow, that was a fun year. Yeah. You know he supported um, two two guys in Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall to both both be over a thousand yards. Right. You know I remember um, I remember like videos of him facetiming Brandon Marshall. You know, and they were like best friends, and it, and they would giggle and like love each other. And he was throwing a bunch of touchdowns. You know, like that that was awesome. You know, and and ever since then I've just kind of loved Fitzpatrick. Um, and I think he had his most successful portion of his career. Well, that could be a little downplaying his front, but he was no, very successful post-Jets. And I think that, uh, I don't know, I just always it, loved him and th- congrats to him.
0: You're You're right. That 2015 season is the only year that he was more than a game over 500 as a starter. His only other winning season was when he went four and three with Miami two years ago. So yeah, that's not a crazy thing to say. And, and it, I didn't do him enough justice when reading the combined stats because um, 2016 was so rough that 2015 numbers are fantastic. I mean, he was just shy of a 4,000-yard season, 31 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. 15 is not great.
1: But yeah, but like when's the last time we've seen 30 touchdowns or anywhere close to it, you know, right. passing touchdowns. And yeah. then you look at like uh
0: that's a good season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. But but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just it's the only like decent year in this playoff drought. And oh, it's just annoying because like we were a playoff team that year, you know, and I believe we mm-hmm. won the two games before that that week 17 game so against like the Bills. And so it's like we needed three wins to get there and we were we were one game away against the most winnable team and then, you know, it all fell apart and and that's kind of what fits it it, it encapsulates Fitzpatrick so well, you know, the ups and the downs, but it's crazy. But I think that the Jets fans have at least these past couple of years when a couple of things come out and he has this connection with Buffalo. He's always talking about Buffalo. I think some Jets fans, including myself, feel kind of jealous, you know, that he doesn't talk more about that 2015 season.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he talks about Buffalo and then, you know, he goes and he spends two years down in Miami as well too. So there's, he's been around the division. Um, But yeah, that's a, I mean, outside of, you know, that's his best season of his career easily just looking at all the numbers, his next highest, I mean, he was, he did 3,800 yards with Buffalo in 2011, but. Oh, actually wait. Oh no. Yeah. But the touchdown interceptions aren't as great. God, he threw 23 picks that season for Buffalo. Jesus. Fun guy though. He's a a, a guy that, you know, is, is just someone I'll always remember. Um, You're
1: always going to enjoy watching him play. Exactly. And I think what i always i when mean, i'm ever i'm talking about quarterbacks the one thing fitzpatrick has is he 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 trusts his receiver to just throw it up there and hope he go and excuse me yeah. goes and gets it and i definitely. think that's something that every kind of quarterback needs to incorporate in their game maybe not as much as him but but yeah. i think that's important to just trust your guys and throw it up there you know and i think oh, i think he's the reason for Javante parker's best season you know yeah we could we could just do a whole mm. pot on right this factor. is the
0: fitzy pot <laughs> the jets fans that, that, hopefully that all the jets fans are like still here, here you know is <laughs> this yeah we should we should talk about the other great news um you know everybody's seen the video by now but in inside their podcast that they're hosting woody johnson comes in sits down and uh gets daryl revis to a ferguson on on uh, zoom or facetime whatever it was and nick mangold is in the room and all three of them, uh, you know, uh, they they discovered they'll be inducted into the Ring of Honor this season for the Jets, which we talked about last week a little bit. Um, for me personally, like, and for you as well too, like those are just, those are names of us being Jets fans. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, when the time that they spent in, in, uh, in Cortland and just names that, you know, I, I think just mean – if there's a, an era of jets that mean anything to my football love, it's these guys. And so Darrell Rivas, I saw someone, you know, say it, it's probably true. The greatest player to ever play for the jets, Um, you know, in him, um, you know, getting in there, Nick Mangold, great person, to brickishaw to Ferguson, best name in football. Um, so three That's great guys, Teddy, um, when you saw the video what did you, what, you know? Yeah, you no, I mean, it was or... awesome.
1: And you, you nailed it like the way that, um, you know, we're younger, you know, I mean, we're like mid twenties and, and yeah, this truly was when they came to Cortland and and we really became, I mean, me personally, that's when I became a Jets fan, you know, watching these guys every day and it's and these were the best players thing. on the team, you know, Darrell Revis, Nick Mangold, DeBert, Shaw Ferguson, like, and, um, Woody said it in the, uh, in the video, he says, like, this is the highest honor we can give you from the Jets, you know? And I, and I do really like that because, um, Rivas, you know, he's not, he should, like, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but that hasn't been five years yet, right? I don't him? think so.
0: No. Yeah.
1: And then Mangold is a guy that, like, I, I think that maybe the, you know average like nfl fans maybe wouldn't think so but i think any Jets fan agrees that he's a guy who should be in the hall of fame i mean i think when you're that consistently good for however many years he played 14 15 seasons and and you're one of the best centers in the league every year and we basically we basically just didn't have to worry about the center position for all those years he was there you know and and every year just kind of write it off as all right we have we have a stud we have an all pro and then post him, you know, we've, we've had all these center troubles and it's just, I think mingled and, and Rickshaw really, they're kind of that like representative, like this is what we need to emulate. And what I think a lot of fans are hoping comes from Mackay and Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, Revis is, I mean, I would agree. I, I never saw Jonah right. play, but I, exactly. I would agree Darrell Revis is the best. Um, and yeah, I love that that Mark got to be a part of it. You know, Mark Sanchez, it was his podcast with Nick Mangold. They announced it. Um, so I'm glad he got to be there in the room. It is kind of just like, it's like maybe, maybe let Mark in too. Maybe yeah, let Mark in too. You know, it's like weird. I know it was only those couple of good years, but, but maybe, maybe we'll throw him in too. Cause that was, that was a lot of, right? uh, a lot of happy memories, but I, that's probably not how it works. You know, like
0: but. I, I get when you take a look at, I guess the quarterbacks that deserve to be in that, I, I don't know. I, he was the quarterback of that era uh, of of that.
1: Stretch. Yeah, this like the stats or anything wouldn't back it up, but no, just like the he was the quarterback when we had our deepest playoff runs, and you know, in, in twenty ten we had like six or seven comeback wins in a row. You right. know, and Mark Sanchez is the guy who's running all those drives. It just again I mean this may this may be our young ages of Jets fans you know we didn't really we didn't really experience the the guys before that you know so it's it's harder to have a frame of reference but it's they're just important you know and and Mark Sanchez you know I'm not going to be banging the drum for him but these other three guys you know they truly are like so representative to to us and I mean this podcast as a whole like that's kind of where it all was born you know so it is just like it's really cool to see. And I love as a guy who's younger and doesn't know the history, like now those seasons that I lived through are becoming the history, you know, and, and yep. I really like
0: that a lot. Definitely. and I I also just, I like the timing of it and I don't know. It's just, I think the organization recognizes like, we feel pretty confident that we have our shit figured out. So let's just let's do everything pro jets right now. like, yeah, this is the right time to bring these guys in. and we talked about Mangold and and Sanchez at practice with Sala. and it's just like you can tell that I, I think from ownership down they all recognize like we're okay to puff our chests out a little bit and you know, bring in some guys from an era before and and start to build up a lot of hype for the season. The expectations are are there and um you know it's funny this past season, Michael Strahan was inducted into the ring of honor for the Giants, and the Giants were terrible. And they were they it was halftime of a game and they were losing six to three. And it's like you're gonna bring out Michael Strahan, one of the most important guys of the this century for that franchise. And it was like the fans aren't excited. So you kind of almost need to time it in a positive light for the fans. And so hopefully this season turns into that because it's gonna make those moments even better. If the Jets are you know god forbid what if they're like four and two and you bring out them to induct like there's just there's gonna be more juice around there i don't know it just it seems like um it's the right time to do stuff like that
1: yeah yeah and i mean even if it's not like a a good record or or, you know when they come out it's just the idea of like we have this young core squad who you know we're all hoping is just going to be able to gel and get better and we're going to find you know these these key guys who are going to, you know, really hold down this team for the next however many years and to be able to just have those, those sets of examples around the team. I think it's like understated that it's important. You know, I don't yeah. think you can, I don't think you can just brush it off because because I mean, these are human beings and they're hanging out with guys who've lived and breathed, you know, the ups and the downs with the jets and they're able to kind of speak to both things And I think it's just when when the main thing you're lacking in a room is experience, that's a great thing to do.
0: And and if the if the the players get a pop when you're out there, you're like, look at these, look at what these fans will adore you if you turn into into something solid. And it's just like you're you're sending a good message through everybody. Um all right, that's all the housekeeping we had. I'm actually surprised we we were able to to go that long on the yeah, fun stuff this this week with,
1: with these things going down, but I like last, not every week in the summer is going to be like this. Like last week, there was nothing, you know, nothing. but
0: yep. Whatever. We talked about sauce gardener at a Rangers game. Um, all right, Teddy, reading the room. Here Talk we go. Two.
1: I really, I'm enjoying this series we're doing
0: fun position groups. Um, I, I thought last week went well. I think this week is going to be more enjoyable because I, I feel personally, and I'm, I'm sure you do too. I feel a little bit stronger about these position groups. Um, so Let's start off with the running backs. Uh, obviously, this past season, not one of the best rushing offenses out there. They finished 27th in the league um, offensively. It was a, and I wrote, this was one of my first pieces for Sports Illustrated, was a, it was a really efficient um, rookie season for Michael Carter. The the snaps that and the usage that he got was, he was very effective with the football in his hands. The problem was, is there wasn't really a ton to, um a ton in in the depth chart to feed off of that there wasn't a number two guy that you could go to and be like okay you know we just dice you up again and and yeah Michael Carter's off the field now but we're going to throw out another guy who's also going to be able to hammer at home and in an offensive system like that like like that they're running that's always very important to have now Michael Carter obviously the number two guy um you know let's just list off the full depth charts can be Brees Hall our number one guy um you know second round pick taken um uh, you know out of Iowa State um I got that right right I'm not messing that up yes yeah, sir was Iowa, State. Iowa State right at number two you've got Michael Carter uh coming into his second season after what I just said uh to me was a really solid rookie uh campaign and then you got the three guys behind him Ty Johnson Tevin Coleman LaMichael P Ryan Teddy start at number one uh, you've talked enough about how much you loved this pick um we both agree that taking a running back in the second round isn't isn't drafting a running back too high, you know, when you get the top guy of the class, that's always considered a positive thing. Um, So, so just talk to me a little bit here about Brees Hall.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you, you said it, I mean, I, I feel like I can't talk this guy up enough um, just because I personally am so excited. Um, Just having a guy I want to kind of talk about Michael Carter first, just to contrast it, but Go ahead. Yeah. exactly what you were just saying about Michael Carter. Um, he did have a very good year last year. And I think the the main thing that stood out to me about Michael Carter was he played different and better than I think a lot of people expected with his size. You know, he's, he's only five, mm-hmm. eight, um, 200 pounds, you know, and I think that when you watched him play, he played a lot bigger than that. And he played um, in a way where, you know, he could be that like, I kind of didn't really expect him to get as much work on first and second down as he did. Um, but I do think he was able to at least show that he, maybe if you don't want to be giving him the ball all day there, he can at least handle that, you know, and can at least run that. And and you're exactly right. He did have a very good rookie year. Um, and I, I think more just like past the eye test in a way. Um, where where you just watch him and you kind of know, okay, that guy can play. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: With all that, you kind of looked at this room and you said, okay, we all kind of agree that Michael Carter can't just be the guy by himself. And, you know, they do have some serviceable guys behind him. I think that Ty Johnson, the thing with running backs is a lot of times we talk about these Jags, like just a guy. I think that's like what Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman are. at the same time i think that's fine you know like you have a good offensive line you have we're emulating the 49ers system i think guys like that can can work you know but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day michael carter ty johnson tevin coleman that's not really doing much for you as a room so then when you go out there and you get a guy like Brees hall you get the number one uh rated running back for most people in in the draft um i mean so one of the most like telling stats for running backs in the NFL is production, you know, production in college indicates production in the NFL and I mean. Brees Hall's stats jump off the page in college, you know 2020 his sophomore season 1500 yards 21 touchdowns 2021 last season 1400 yards. Um, twenty-eight yards away from fifteen hundred yards, twenty touchdowns. You know, thirty-six receptions. Like that's those are v- good numbers. And and what I love about it is the the ability of being able to be that rushing and receiving role. As much as we love Michael Carter, Brees Hall doesn't need to come off the field on third down if they don't want him to. You know, right. they can have him out there for passing plays. They can have him in pass protection. They can you know, he can run out of the backfield, run out of the backfield or stay stay home and and be able to pick up a block a little bit better than Michael Carter would, you know, so, so when you add a guy of that talent and with that kind of play style where he really can, you know, as an overall, he has all the tools in his toolkit. And then you add that to a guy like Michael Carter, who prototypically wants to be that third down back, you know, that pass catching back, that's how the Jets want to use him. And having a guy like Brees Hall, who's able to do both, and a guy like Michael Carter, who's able to do both, you know, I think it's just going to be able to help both of them really just like be very productive players, you know, and I definitely think Brees will be the number one, I definitely think, you know, Michael Carter will probably have like, only like 300 400 yards rushing, you know, but I think that's fine. And I think that the room as a whole with those two guys being able to bounce back and forth just really comes together. And, and in my opinion, looks really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're a team that can go too deep with that. And even like you said, if you have just a guy in there that you need to throw out for a few plays, a game like Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman, and, and, and that's what San Francisco wants to do. And it's, it's, or San Francisco, well, that's what the San Francisco <laughs> offense wants to do is what I meant to say. It's it's just we are going to keep dicing you on the ground until it stops working and we're going to make you stop the run before we throw, you know, you know, throw the ball. And hey, if we're if we're crushing it, then we're going to go into some play action and really mess with your head. So um, they're going to be one of the top running offenses this upcoming season. I I truly believe it. Um, And, you know, for Brees Hall. I, I got thinking of like, okay, what does a typical workload look like? you know, for a rookie running back. And we talked a little bit this, about this before the show, but you go to the last four seasons, um you know, outside of this past year with Najee Harris, who took the ball 300 times, you're really looking in that 250 carry range, 230 to 250. Jonathan Taylor in his rookie season got 232 touches. The year before that, Josh Jacobs, 242. um And then Saquon Barkley the year before that, 261. All of those guys, had the same kind of rush attempts when you take a look at what Brees Hall did in in his collegiate career. Like you can tell, okay, yeah, he took the ball 279 times in 2020, 253 in 2021. Like, yeah, he can handle a, a sizable workload. And it's funny because you obviously need talented players, but we're also, this is, this is an offensive scheme where We have seen so many just random guys thrive in, and and maybe we didn't see it last year. You know, Michael Carter, I think, is a a good player, so I don't want to say he's just some scrub that, you know, excelled in the offense, but you look at San Francisco, you look at Atlanta, you go back to the history of this offensive scheme, even to Washington before that, you don't need to have a top-tier running back to do well in this run game, but when you do it goes off and and most notably i always think of devonta freeman and tevin coleman and what they were able to do in atlanta that season that they went to the super bowl um you know against uh, new england that's what i look at this room as i i view Brees hall as a guy that's going to get 250 touches in his rookie season probably is 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 inching toward a thousand yards i would assume so Um, i'm not sure what the touchdowns or the yards per carry will look like hopefully they're you know good um And then, you know, Michael Carter right behind that. Like you said, I I'm bummed out fantasy wise. You know, that's a, that's a tough break. I thought I had something solid there after a a good rookie season. Um, I have him in our league, but um, you know, I, like you said, he's a bowling ball. He is just going to bounce off dudes. He he's, he's tough to bring down. He's good with the ball in his hands. Good and good catching the ball. Um, Yeah. And that's why
1: I kind of think that, uh, like I think I might even be underrating Mike, Mike Michael Carter and what he's going to do in this offense, you know. But I I still do think he's going to be used, and I think it's, I think his workload in the passing game will only increase. You know, last year yeah. he I think he, he had fifty fifth or excuse me fifty five targets, only thirty six recep- receptions on those. But I mean mm-hmm. that's decent numbers. Thirty six receptions isn't isn't anything to put your nose up at nine and, yards a catch. Not yeah, nine yards of catch That okay. he uh, I that number's only gonna go up, in my opinion. I mean, you look around the other teams in the league and the amount they throw to their running backs, um add that in with Zach Wilson, maybe learning to check it down a little bit more often. But mm-hmm. I also just think like we talk about this rushing room or uh, rushing attack as a whole. You mentioned at the top, you know, jets were twenty seventh in rushing last year. and in in my opinion, that's a combination of one being down in a lot of games, probably not having as many attempts as a lot of other teams. Um, number two, you had an offensive line, you know, that that doesn't look as good as the one that we're, we're projecting is going to be out there this year. You know, more holes, more injuries throughout, you know, no Makai backed in. Um, and then number three, you know, again, I I think I've talked about this every episode, but when you didn't have tight ends out there that you could trust, that you could be in a two tight end set and both run the ball and pass the ball, you know, it, it, it adds that element of like, okay, if they're coming out here in two tight ends and they have Wesco and Croft, you know, they're probably going to run the ball, you know, and then. So all these things come into play, you know, obviously they're excuses, but, but when you take a team who's down as much as the jets, they're really not going to run the ball that often. Mm. And so I, kind of what you were saying about the scheme, like I really do think whoever's gonna be the running back for this Jets team next year is gonna do pretty well. You know, I think they're gonna run the ball a lot. I think they're gonna be more successful just because of their offensive line and their tight ends that they have and and you know just the whole team and offense kind of taking a step as a whole, the defense getting better is always good for the running game. Um and then you mix that with a guy like Brees Hall, you know, who who is that talented guy jack of all trades i guess not jack of all trades but just has all the traits that he needs and then a guy like michael carter who's another good player i just to me like this room seems great especially because i kind of trust ty johnson to be that cleanup guy if one of those guys goes down for a bit or anything Mm -hmm. like that you know so so i personally rank this room pretty highly um i i think i'm gonna go ahead and and give him a b plus you know i don't want to say an a just because you know with the question mark that is a rookie running back and Brees Hall, you know, I don't just want to go and throw that out there, but, but I think when you look at who Brees Hall is and who we all want him and project him to be, and then you add that to Michael Carter and have a room with pretty solid depth and Ty Johnson and, and Tevin Coleman, who I personally think can still at least get some snaps. Um, I I really like this room. I think Lamichael P. Ryan will probably be cut. I'll just throw that in at the end here.
0: Yeah. you You can't keep five you sometimes can't even keep four. Yeah. Uh, I
1: mean that 20 20 draft class is falling apart every single year, you but know, it's fine that getting it worse and worse, but yeah, we've talked about it's, it. That's fine. It's fine
0: if it is, if 21 and 22 are as good sorry, as
1: little Michael P Ryan, I think, I think we missed
0: on that fourth rounder oh, happens. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. I'm going to give it a B I almost went B minus, but I changed it to a B just because I think I am a little bit I'm still pretty high on Michael Carter. I think he, to me, I would be almost shocked if by the end of next season, this wasn't a top eight rushing offense. Yeah, um, that's kind of where just I stand out of as scheme, well. Just out of scheme alone and and the guys that they have. Um, my only thing is that I'm probably, I, I'm not low on Breeze Hall. Um, I, I think if I pull up, where it's I hard for you him. to
1: come off as high on him when I am your, your podcast co-host because yeah, I am the right. highest well, on him.
0: <laughs> but, and and I didn't have him – I don't believe I had him. Look, after the teams that they went to, he will probably be the most productive rookie in this class, at least out of the top two guys. But I do believe I had Kenneth Walker just a little bit higher than him. You did, yeah, I, I had remember. Him, I had him just a little bit higher. I, just, I had Kenneth as my 44th overall player. Brees Hall as my 53rd. So they were close. Um but then if you compare to last year as well, too, I had I would have had him behind Najee, uh ETN, Javante, and then just a little bit ahead of Michael Carter. So I did view him, I guess, as someone that 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 was a kind of lead. I mean, I
1: don't player. if he's gonna be fourth on that list of, of those guys yeah. you just listed, really you know, players. that's all right with exactly that's really all right. Really good players.
0: Me. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna give it a B. Um, I think while I might not be the highest person in the world on on him, I think. you're not the highest
1: person in the world
0: no that's you you're the (laughs) highest person in the world
1: (laughs) in the room Uh,
0: in the room I'm the highest in the room um
1: (laughs) sorry I think
0: that no no, you're good I think that um (laughs) the fit is fantastic like at Brees Hall everybody it was just like get him in an outside zone offense and and oh I'm so
1: excited I gotta order my jersey
0: um, the only, the one thing that I, I forgot to mention before this, and we'll go to it now is we, we put out a Twitter poll and I thought it'd be nice to share the results of, cause Oh yeah. I,
1: I honestly, I saw that the poll was complete and I didn't look cause I wanted to wait.
0: So what would you, so we, we, the, the tweets that we put out were, how would you grade the current running back room for the jets and the options were a minus or better B minus to B plus C minus to C plus or D plus or worse. What do you think one for the running backs?
1: uh i mean i think it's probably pretty close between the a and b i'm gonna go jets fans they're optimistic i'm I'm gonna say a a minus you are
0: you are 100 correct i know my 50 percent of people uh, had a minus or better um second was 42 percent chose b minus to b plus uh eight percent of people had uh, c minus to c plus and nobody voted for d plus or worse so at least there was nobody really? that, that hates the room nice um but yeah, anything else that you want to include with it? I put my note for Tevin Coleman is he's just an assistant coach at this point. Yeah,
1: no, that is funny. I mean, he's, he's you, just
0: traveling around with with Michael Fleur at this point.
1: Yeah. And he's old and like, especially for a running back, you know, like I, I don't I don't really expect anything from him. I I do just like like Ty Johnson, I think is just criminally underrated. And I think has looked good the past two years when he's played for the Jets. Um, And and he's young, you know, he's 25 years old. And I just think that it's just a good guy to have as like your, your third option. You know, I think, yeah. I think he very well could be on a lot of teams and and be their second best running back. Um, so I just think he really rounds out the room in, in a way where, where we have three guys who we're not really worried about any of them kind of falling off that cliff as running backs do and and not really having the burst. We're not really worried about, you know, one dimensional guys because Brees Hall can do can Pat run and catch. Michael Carter can run and catch. Ty Johnson can run and catch. You know, so I just mm. think I think it's a good room.
0: It is. It is. I, I think we said beforehand these two are groups that I think we're both pretty high on um compared to the rest of the, the depth chart. But okay, awesome. Let's flip over to the defense. Let's let's finish out this secondary. Oh yeah. Cornerback uh just where it stands right now. The ones and twos on the outside. Sauce Gardner. Fourth overall pick. DJ Reed opposite him as well, too, coming in from Seattle on a three-year deal. Behind them, Bryce Hall, everybody's favorite TikToker. Uh Brand <laughs> as well there, too. Um, and then your two nickel corners, your two slot corners. You got Michael Carter, the second. And uh is it just Javelin? Or did it... Javelin Goodry? Javelin Goodry, yes, sir. Okay, cool. So those are the two guys um in the slot. Teddy, the the top note here. As we start off with 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 Sauce Gardner, because I think that's where we want to start. The top note that you have here is everything I've been dreaming of. So I'm just gonna let you take this one. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, first thing I'll say is is hearing you just say like starting corners Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed like you fast forward two months ago, you know, and and however long ago free agency was, you know, go back to to January or whatever February like I did not expect to have two guys like Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed that I would have the confidence that I have in them you know I I don't mind Bryce Hall as a player but but the room was just a lot weaker not too long ago and now mm-hmm. you look at Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and those names and it and it just feels so much so much better and like they this room is really looking great um to talk about Sauce Gardner specifically yeah I mean everything I've been dreaming of the reason I say that is, he is that kind of like prototypical. You know, like he he has the size of kind of like what you would say an NFL corner is. He he's long. You know, he's very athletic. Probably the most one of the most athletic players, if not the most athletic player in the draft. You have, um, you know, his ability to play the ball in the air, which is just something that all Jets corners have lacked these past few years. And I think that's where my real sticking points with guys like Bryce Hall and and Brandon Eccles is, is, is okay. You can be in the right position, but you got to know how to play the ball. So to draft a guy who's going to come in as a rookie, but, and obviously, you know, rookies have growing pains. He doesn't have to come in and be the, the best corner in the league right away. But, but just to know that like, okay, kind of these athleticism things and, and the ability to play the ball, like he already has those. He doesn't need to start from scratch as a guy who doesn't have those in his, in his talents and then, you know, develop them. So I just think it's going to really help accelerate like his progression as an NFL cornerback. And I think working with, with the defensive guys that we have, you know, and Robert Sala and Ulbrich, And I just, I really think he's going to be in a position to really come into his own. And I think that I never would have expected the jets to take a top five corner. And the fact that we mm-hmm. did, it's just like, wow, I re- I get to watch, you know, hopefully a guy who's going to turn into a, a Jalen Ramsey in this league, you know, who's going to come in and, and really dominate from day one. And and I really, it's just everything I dreamed of. You know, I love, I love DBs. I love corner versus receiver matchups and, and the ability to have a guy like Sauce go up against Diggs, go up against Tyreek, you know, go up against Nikhil Harry, <laughs> no, I'm just I just want to talk shit about the Patriots, but no, it's oh, it's no. Fucking awesome. <laughs> and then DJ Reed, like I'll just talk about him quick. Yeah. Like he, as the other starter, he he's just a guy who like has played in the league, you know, didn't get off to the best start last year, um, but really came into his own um and and really showed he's able to play. And I just think he's a guy, especially now that he's our second best safe or corner, you know, he does we don't have to hope he steps into becoming that number one type of guy when we have a guy like sauce Gardner across from him. So I think he just kind of plays well off sauce. Um, I, I did dig up this stat, uh, according to PFF, like I said, his first three games last year where he kind of really didn't play that well. Um, mm-hmm. but the last 15 weeks of the season, he's second in, in opposing completion percentage um, of all corners in the league and he let up no touchdowns. Um, I think he was second in, in yards after the catch. Um, so just like a few things there to show, like he can play, you know, he did do pretty, he had a pretty good year last year. Um, so when I'm just looking at the starters, I just, I feel much more confident than I could have if the Jets had made a, one or two decisions differently this off season.
0: Yeah. Look, the, the starters are, are, are very solid. I was extremely high on sauce Gardner. I think he was my fourth, not fourth. Maybe it wasn't fourth, but I, I'm just curious. So I'm gonna pull it up because I have it right here. He was my fourth overall player in, in this draft class, um, and my top corner. So obviously I'm a I'm a huge fan of him. To me, this is. This is um, I know you said Jalen Ramsey and and they're both great cornerbacks in their own respect. This is Robert solid getting his Richard Sherman of that fantastic season that he had in San Francisco. Too. And, and you think about the scheme and how it transfers from, you know, Richard's stay in, in Seattle and coming to San Francisco to play in the same defense, bringing it to New York. Now, just a long, smart, physical cornerback. Uh, DJ Reed. Also, I just, I like, I like the guys that have experience in the scheme played in seattle um i believe his stop before that was also in the same defensive scheme or maybe he was just in seattle is what i'm getting confused but anyways i think you're right but i mean it's it's i'm not I, sure off the top of my head what i love about it is like yes they're still both young but the expectations for both of them should be at, at the very least solid in this upcoming season and like you said if, if sauce is the guy that comes out and he just lives up to just about everybody's expectations of what he was in college and and what people thought of him throughout the draft class. Like, yes, he should be num- team's number one corner from day one. And I know you mentioned, you know, Stefan Diggs and Tyree Kill. That schedule has got some fucking dogs at receiver. You know, you think of Denver and, and having to play Jerry Judy. You think about Cincinnati and and having to play. Um, Don't just Jamar say Jerry Kate.
1: Judy's the best receiver on Denver. So casually like that.
0: Who's who's your guy again? We all, Sutton, bro. We all own what's funny is we're we're in a our dynasty league. I don't I have him, each. but I just think oh, okay. Carlin
1: Sutton's the goat.
0: KJ Hamler, don't sleep.
1: Um, <laughs> and then Tim Patrick, man, don't Tim sleep Patrick. on him either. Right. But but Jamar just Chase, I mean the point stands as a whole.
0: Yeah. Of just exactly. like good receivers. Good receivers that you guys that are on the schedule all over the place. Um, And you even go into, you know, you've got Detroit late in the season, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jamison Williams, like there are so many good receivers in the league now that, you know, I think that's where people always said positional value is, you know, quarterback one edge rusher two. And then it's like some sort of combination of wide receiver corner corners kind of creeping up into that number two outside of quarterback, just because it's so much easier for defenses to win up front with a very heavy and deep rotation your guys on the outside week in week out need to be at the premier level because of how good passing offenses are now, how good quarterbacks are now and how great wide receivers are. So cornerback is such an extremely important position. Having a guy that can go out there. I mean, best corner for the Jets. This is the best starting duo for the Jets at corner in such a long time. And they haven't even stepped on the field yet. So um, it's a good point. Like you said, they, they balance out each other. Well, I like that they're just, they're, they're just, they're perfect fits. We talk about fitting players into, you know, it, great coaches can always can work their scheme around the players there, but when they fit like a glove, it, it just is so much easier to transition to a new team or transition to the pros. And so for both of these guys, I'm I'm very excited to see how this starting unit does um, in their, in their first year together.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. And I think that, that, you know, kind of just to move on here, but like, what makes the room so great is when you have kind of guys like these, and maybe sauce is still a question mark, you know, yeah, he's a top five pick, but we've never seen him play before, right? And DJ Reed's, you know, I, I, he's a guy who got picked up off waivers. I'm not sure his draft uh, situation, but, but I know he kind of had to work and step into his role and earn his role. Um, But then, I mean, look at a guy like Bryce Hall, who we've all watched the past two seasons and has 100 Percent outplayed um expectations
0: from everybody. And
1: I think it's funny that like the flip that has to happen in my mind personally, because all offseason when when everyone's spouting off all the reasons that we don't need to draft a corner, you know, and it's like, oh well, Bryce Hall, he's really good. He has potential, he can step into it to a to a, a starting number one type of player, you know, and it's like that's great, like believe in him, but but I kind of felt like I had to be like, but he's not there yet. We can't just buy in now though. It's like, okay, well we did address corner. Let's not forget that Bryce Hall is a very talented player, you know? And I I do, I mean, I I do want to throw this out to you. Like, what do you really think his role will be on this team? Like, do you think he's going to be coming in and, and seeing, um, just kind of like rotational snap somehow and like a package or, or maybe just stepping up when guys are injured or, or tired, or do you see him playing inside at all? Like, does he have that ability? I mean, it's just it, like, cause me, I got no clue. Like, I really don't, I think he's still gonna work his way on the field. You know, sometimes whether that's just giving a guy a blow, but yeah, I, giving a guy a blow. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: You know, when they do that in football, yeah. Right. That when is definitely
1: things they say in football though. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting, but it's awesome. Cause I, I do think Bryce Hall is a very good player, but at the same time, I think his ball skills, 1000% needed work. He essentially had none. And I think that like to replace him with two guys who I'm confident are going to at least have a base that's better than them. And if Bryce Hall does take that next step, maybe go ahead and replace DJ Reed or something like that. Um, yeah. But, but it's uh, I'm so much more confident not having to rely on him to be the number one.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting because like, the the one thing that stood out to me when I looked at you know all of the numbers from this past season and and snap counts and all of that I mean no one was out on the field more than Bryce Hall last year ninety eight percent of snaps he was the the number one guy on the team he he was out there more than anybody else and you look at it now that's kind of that's, for that's going to go down drastically like oh, that, yeah. that's there's there's just no way around it I don't know about It'll playing probably be on like thirty percent
1: yeah it's probably just going to be more
0: rotational or but he's still a guy that like. Look, if he's around, like you said, Reed gets banged up or sauced, you know, if he needs to go out there, he's someone that we've at least seen grow into a player that can hold his own here and there. And so, no, he's not what these top two guys are going to be, but he's also a super young player that has taken steps in the first two years of his career. Now, I almost wonder sometimes if a player is like that's gotta it's gotta be a frustrating situation for him, wouldn't you think? um yeah yeah you know i do think
1: the the road is there for him to take the job from dj reed if he's able to do all the things that that everyone's been saying um well what i worry about is like you know like he's a six-round pick who is already kind of outperforming expectations you know so how much higher is that ceiling yeah we'll have to see
0: And I also like, look, I know his contract was not massive, but you bring in DJ Reed, you pay him 11 million a year. Yeah.
1: You're going to want him on the field.
0: You're going to want him on the field. And so um, unless he just completely flat out doesn't have it and it becomes a bad contract. then obviously you put the guy out there, you know, that that is going to give you the chance to win, but that's going to be such a change for him personally. I mean, just from being out there always to scratching for opportunities. Look, he'll be out there there'll be snaps where you give one of those guys a break and he's a good guy to have there. But, um, I, I, I don't know about playing on the inside necessarily. Um, and then, yeah,
1: no, I I don't really think he's gonna, I'm just trying to, where's he going to, there's all these possibilities, team? you know, and it's just, it's kind of odd. You got a guy who's been the starter for two years in a row or a year and a half, you know, from when he actually got in. Um, and then now, you know, who knows how much he's actually going to see the field if these guys stay healthy.
0: Right. Yeah, and then you 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 have to mention Eccles. You got to talk about him for a little bit.
1: Yeah, the thing with Eccles, um, he was another guy who, like, after we signed Reed this off season, you know, I think that was really when a lot of fans kind of became against the idea of drafting a corner high, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it was well, Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles are both guys who you know shown a lot of potential. My thing with Brandon Eccles. You know, he did all right. Like, I guess maybe, but I think it's just one of those things where, and, and I do this too, but I think it's one of those things where he's a guy that has been forced to be on the field a lot. So we've watched him play a lot. So just like seeing his name, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I know him. He's always, you know, he's a starter. I think, I think a lot of fans kind of get lost in that, but like Brandon Echols definitely is not the type of guy I want starting or, or even, you know, like like him being the fourth option here is fine. But if he was like our first backup, you know, I would not be confident in that. And right. It's just you you have a guy like this who who, you know, is a lower round pick. And I, what what I what sticks out in my mind is the Bills game. And for some reason, the Jets didn't want to put Bryce Hall on Stephon Diggs and and had Brandon Echols on Stephon Diggs like the whole game, which was really annoying. Um, or maybe they were just playing sides. I don't know. But I was like, why isn't Bryce Hall on Stephon Diggs? And then I think a lot of us who are listening remember when three plays in a row, the Bills just called a go route because he because they had Diggs one-on-one against Echols to the left. And I think like one time it was a penalty, one time they just like didn't complete the pass. And then what do you know on the third one? Touchdown, you know? And And Echols, like Bryce Hall, like all the Jets corners these past couple of years, number one weakness that I see is the inability to play the ball. And it just comes down to like when you're in phase with a guy, when you're when you're one step behind that receiver and and he he puts his like his eyes get big and he puts his hand up, you know, like number one, you got to you got to be able to to see those cues and know when it's time to go attack the ball. And then number two, you have to have the ability to to turn your head and locate the ball and make a play on it. You know, maybe you don't have to catch it, but you have to at least make a play on it. And it's just something the Jets corners have lacked. And it's something that Echols and Hall specifically have lacked, you know, is just that inability to get that head around. They'll be in perfect position and the ball will just come right into the the receiver's hands. And it's the inability to get that head around, inability to get your hands up and, and to play the ball. And I just... I'm fine. Like, I, I don't, these are decent players who, if they work on that, can, can, you know, be pretty, you know, productive, average, whatever you want to say players in this league. But if you have a lack of ball skills, I do not want you out there as a corner, you know, so the fact that instead of seeing Bryce Hall Eccles starting or DJ Reed, then Bryce Hall, then Eccles is the number one, like the fact that we have these guys who need work kind of lower on the depth chart. Just makes me more confident in the room as a whole, you know, because I do think a guy like Eccles could contribute, but, but you, he's not ready to just go out there and play week one.
0: Right. You ever think, uh, not to just completely switch off what you're saying, because I thought it was great, but it, when you, when you're older and you've got like a, a family, are you going to be a defensive coordinator for the kids' high school football team? <laughs>
1: I think about that sometimes if I'm if I'm into like coaching. I I don't really know. I mean, I know I like I think you would
0: be. I think you'd be. good. I know like
1: the DB stuff, you know, pretty
0: good, but I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe I feel I like could. at the high school level, it's I don't know. Like yeah, I, I went. I, to we a, know some um, of the we know some of the coaches that coached at Cortland. Do we want to say that they might have been the most knowledgeable?
1: No, for sure, for sure. And like I don't know, I like football enough to do it. What what I worry about personally is like I went to. uh like a fifth grade soccer game the other day, uh, for one of Hannah's, one of the kids in her class. Oh. And it, like, I would not want to coach children in front of their parents. Like it is just so uncomfortable, you know, and yeah. obviously high school might be a little different, but, but I don't know if that's a dynamic I'm really looking to, to introduce in my life, being a high not, school coach.
0: Not even that with the parents, I went to my ex-girlfriend's little brother's soccer game and just like, even just having to sit there and watch it, you know, when they're like seven and you're just like, Jesus. Christ. I know. Imagine if one of them was your kid, though, you'd probably oh, care a lot, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I just didn't care because I was like, what are we doing? Um, but no, I think that's a really good point. You know, when Eccles is is your number four. Oops, that's not the worst case scenario, especially when you feel very confident about the one, two and somewhat confident about the three. Um, yeah,
1: what what's great about today's episode is, is Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall are like just two guys I am so excited for. And, yeah. you know, I just I cannot
0: wait to see them on the field. And, and hopefully they're everything we want them to be. Definitely. Now, now, real quick, do we, we want to touch on the inside guys a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. um, Michael Carter, second starting Nickelback, um, I think he, you know, very good player showed he could uh showed he could kind of hold down that role as like i last year he was the best corner on the team in my opinion well maybe maybe just like played the best um mm-hmm. which who knows maybe there's a bunch of stats out there that say that's wrong that's but because like, i did think bryce hall was good but he still just had those times where he's getting beat not not making plays on the ball i think michael carter really stood out as like a guy who's going to get involved in the run game a guy who has the ability to cover, you know, the inside guys in the slot and the tight ends. Um, And, you know, he was only a rookie. So I'm pretty confident Mm -hmm. that that we're going to see him take a few steps forward this year. Um, And then behind him, Javelin Goodry. Mm, I think a guy we got from the Colts, maybe. I honestly can't remember where we got this guy from, but Um, he's pretty bad. I'll pull it
0: up. Yeah, no, you're thinking uh, Pierre Desir or something. No,
1: yeah, I know we got Desir for sure.
0: Oh, you also got um, our former second-round pick corner. Oh, what the fuck was his name? He was a bum.
1: Damn, I wish I knew. Not
0: I'm gonna Jermaine take Johnson, a look at right? where Gaudry is. This came recent? From. No, this was this was two years ago. There was a season where you guys brought in every Colts player that we cut. It was everyone, you know, you, yeah, you guys. Um, okay.
1: We must've drafted him or just picked you him did. up two years you, ago. You
0: drafted or oh, where is it?
1: Look at us. We're so smart. Yeah. Listen, I would Dead have known good reason. Uh, it seems
0: like he was undrafted.
1: I would have known his deal a year ago, but it's kind of hard to keep up with all these guys, but I know he just like, he's another guy who's, who's played a little bit more than like, we've seen him on the field a little bit more than I would like. And I think these past couple of years have kind of been that transition of like the Jets are trying to get away from starting these guys who on other teams you know wouldn't would not be starters or even second stringers you know and I think Goodry mm-hmm. kind of falls into that category.
0: I was I was thinking of Quint you uh, Quincy Wilson. Yes, yes. We he talked was, about he was him a right. second round pick, and then uh, you guys took him for a little bit. Good for but us. But yeah, look, I. It's surprisingly, like, I don't know. I, I think they're starting to really, um, the NFL is starting to understand the importance of a strong nickel corner. Uh, you know, they added it to a position on Pro Bowl and all pro rosters. There are some guys that are are making a name for themselves. And I, I personally get to live through Kenny Moore, who probably right now is the best slot corner in the league. Um, and he's holding out for new contract, which is always fun. But hopefully that man gets his money. But it, it's a, it, just with how pass happy the league is now, you need to have a nice slot corner and um so maybe that w- is something that i guess i would take a look at and not say that it w- it's it's a glaring concern because while it's a growing importance i don't still think it's the most important thing on a defense but um i don't know you wouldn't like say States. it's
1: as strong as the outside
0: guys exactly when you're looking at, not the Jets at all. roster. yeah when you take a look at the roster and the depth chart these this would be one where i go Neh. it's it could be good um maybe it doesn't need to be but
1: um yeah, I think Michael Carter the second is is a really good player.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah.
1: So that's he's probably a guy that I don't, I don't I don't
0: know a, a a ton about, but um yeah it came out okay. of Duke,
1: has the same name as Michael Carter, the running back. The Jets have a lot of doubles. We got like Brees Hall, Bryce Hall, Michael yeah. Carter, Michael Carter, Quincy and Quentin Williams, some other stuff in there yeah. too.
0: I like it. Um, yeah, I guess, do I don't know, grade? I think, yeah, well, before that we got to play the guessing game as well too. So let me pull it up. Um, how would you grade the Jets cornerback room on Twitter? A minus oh, or right, better right. B minus to B plus C minus to C plus or D plus or worse. Which one do you think won for the cornerbacks?
1: This is closer, but I guess I'll go a again, just knowing Jets fans. It was B it was B minus B. B that was my second guess. 55% okay.
0: of votes. Um, but second was a, like you said, forty one percent of people said a minus or better, and then five percent said c minus to c plus.
1: Well, I do. I like that. um, just because i I think both polls, so we had the the running back poll where a, a minus or better one, and then this one where where b to b plus. And I think, you know that's kind of right as I see them. I think the running back room is is just a little stronger. I think, Mostly what that just comes down to is, is you don't need as many guys. You don't need as many good bodies um, in your running back room. But so while I'm a little lower. I'm instead of a B plus, I'm just going with a B here for the cornerback room. And that really just comes down to, you know, we've kind of talked about it. I am confident in, in our starters, especially I think DJ Reed and, and sauce, you know, like, like I'm not, I'm not really skeptical that they're going to play well, grade. but at the end of the day, I mean, it's a rookie and a 25 year old who's coming off really his best season, you know, so, so we, they're question marks, you know, so, so I'm not going to give him an A plus, but I, I I am confident in the room, but just, I think there's more question marks than maybe the running back room.
0: Well, this is where we're going to flip a little bit. And this, I think is the first time I've given a higher grade than you have. I'm going to go B plus for these guys. And kind of like where I said, I was a little bit lower on the running backs because coming in, I, I guess I didn't view Brees as my number one guy, with sauce I have all the expectations and belief that he is going to it's not maybe it's not going to be week one when he's having to although you guys open with Baltimore there's nothing really crazy going on with them um my but, boy
1: Rashad Bateman yeah that's it but
0: but I I just I think at least by the midway point of the season I mean I think he's going to be one of the standout corners in in this game. And, um, and so I'm going to give it a B plus. I, I I also really like the DJ Reed signing just because I think you're catching him at the right point of his career. And and there were so many signings this offseason. We'll continue to talk about them as we go further along in this series. Where it's just you, you you're timing these outright. Where you're getting a guy in off a really good season. If you're bringing him into the right situation, where DJ Reed, he had to be the number one guy in Seattle last year, and it was a really bad defense, and they got torched in the passing game. You know, no help from the safeties. Yep. <laughs> no help from the front seven. When you're in that situation, and then you come over here and it's like, wait a minute, I'm the number two guy now. I just I love that role that he's gonna transition yeah. into. Of course, we need sauce to be the number one. Um, you know, and, and but I just I'm expecting that he's going to be that from day one. And I just I I really like the starters. I think the backups having Bryce is a is just a very solid number three. A guy that, like you said, like I said, you know, is, is just all was always on the field last year. So he's got experience. He's probably a little bit more comfortable now. Um, I'm I'm going to go B plus. This is probably going to be one of my highest grades I, I give through the series. I really love this cornerback room.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll echo that. I'm. Um, we obviously haven't gone through the the remaining. I think four groups that we have left, but uh, it, I'm pretty sure these are going to be my two highest. And I do just to touch on, you know, sauces expectations a bit. I don't know if, um, I don't, I don't know like exactly, you know, who, who was drafted or whatever, but, but I do think in general, over the past five to seven years, you know, the high, high, uh, highly drafted cornerbacks have had a pretty high success rate, um, in terms of just, I mean, last year you had, uh, who who was it certain uh, and and um, let's see the other guy Darn, J.C. Horn. yeah and jc horn who i thought both were pretty well They're last pretty, year. i do and even guys beyond uh, guys that, like Asante, jeff okuda um yeah, yeah the samuel jr i just i i think a lot of these kind of highly rated uh high, highly drafted cornerbacks have done pretty well um so i'm hoping that sauce can can kind of i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if he could be the best out of the group but it just comes down to can you actually do it
0: right um, yep
1: but he's a stud and a freak by all yeah. accounts
0: it's exciting fun groups yeah. okay so yeah so uh teddy gave the running backs a b plus the cornerbacks a b i flipped it i went running backs b um and then cornerbacks b plus two exciting groups and yeah i'm guessing I I'm I'm excited to see when we put out the poll next Monday of uh w- how people view the linebacking room because that's going to be next right I or or should we wait <coughs> Excuse on, me I guess but that uh, it's going to be funny I'm no, I'm
1: down to do linebackers next week uh yeah definitely I'm not going to be Miley funny at all What I mean I gave the safety room a C minus so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what do. I'm not going to spoil uh, anything but I, yeah, spoilers, I think there's not much be room to go. Rough yeah that's oh tough. man
0: all right awesome well teddy yeah. i think that'll wrap up for uh, this week for us thank you guys i think so but that was a blast that was a good time i think we did a good job with that thank you guys for listening to chasing 69 a new york jets podcast and we mentioned it before make sure to follow us on all of our socials at nyj underscore chasing 69 teddy at teddy Huncho, me at blake andrew pace um we'll be back next week celebrating teddy turning 32 um we will be Ooh. um talking. I guess we'll go to receivers and uh receivers and, and uh linebackers, some sort of combination with that. I think we have to separate like we have that. to separate defensive line and wide receivers because they're so deep. There's so well, many guys to talk about. We won't yeah, and the then show. to wrap
1: it up, we'll do O line, D line, you know, a little lineman day. Yep. Uh, uh for all our linemen out there, and that'll be a great time.
0: Final grades and we're done. I used awesome. to play well, center down.
1: in third grade third to fifth
0: they put me out they put me out at offensive line for one snap in fifth grade and um,
1: when Blake weighed 70 pounds yeah (laughs) they told me in
0: third grade they were like you don't weigh enough to play and so I had to wait till fourth grade and I'm still just barely making it and um, and then they put me on offensive line for one play I vividly remember doing nothing because I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing up here, <laughs> and then and then we get back into the huddle for the next play, and they were like, "You missed the assignment." I was like, "I don't know what I'm doing." I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's don't crazy. Know. Yep. Elementary um, school
1: football was a blast.
0: Oh my god, I was. God, fun times when you're just like sitting at the back of the field. I was so scared. I was not good. But uh, it was fun. That's how I was
1: once I got to college. That's when I was just yeah, you were just on, on the around. sideline watching
0: nice all right awesome well thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back next week peace